Hello and welcome to Alexandra Marshall Live, a show that values society's culture warriors who are standing there fighting the battles that have been abandoned by our weak and useless political class. Today's guest is not only a culture warrior, he is a survivalist when it comes to the ruin of our empire. I have no doubt he'll be the last person holding a pitchfork prodding the corpses of our so-called conservative MPs. James Dellingpole is an English writer, author of many political books and columnist for various publications, including the wonderful Spectator magazine. He is the former editor of Breitbart London and host of the Dellingpod podcast. James, welcome to our show. Uh, good day, Alexandra. Nice, nice to meet you. Well, James, we might as well start with the really easy question. What's it like to be a journalist during the collapse of liberty? Are you sitting there scribbling notes as the world burns to the ground like the last days of Pompeii? Or can you give us some hope that liberty might survive? Um, I don't really consider myself a journalist anymore. Um, I, I, was a, I was a hack for maybe 25 years of my life in the mainstream media. And in the last three years, I've had a kind of awakening uh, whereby I've realized that the, the fourth estate, this, this, this proud bastion of liberty, or so I was assured, that, that the institution that speaks truth to power fearlessly um, is actually just part of a, a, gi a gigantic propaganda machine. And my wake-up moment, well, there were various wake-up moments. One of them was seeing, the, seeing a presidential election stolen in plain sight in the U.S. Now, that's quite, in the U.S., that's quite a bad thing, I think, given that we're told that America is the leader of the free world, et cetera, et cetera, bastion of liberty, all these, all these cliches. Um, but what really shocked me about this was not so, so much that the election was being stolen, but that... All my colleagues in the media were gaslighting us into thinking that there was nothing to see here, that there was no story, that, that it was all perfectly legitimate. And I thought, well, hang on a second. I thought, look, the reason I became a journalist is because I was unsuited for any other job. I just like, you know, I like throwing stones at windows to see whether they break. I, li I, li I, I, I like... Sort of, I like being the little boy who's pointing out that the emperor's wearing no, no clothes. And once journalists stop chucking stones at windows and they stop pointing out that the emperor has, is, is wearing no clothes, it seems to me that they've defeated the object of their, of their existence, of their, of their job, of, of their industry. And, and there are other things as well. I mean, we then had the... the, the the COVID pandemic that wasn't a pandemic, that it was a pandemic. It was just kind of made up by the World Health Organization with a view to getting us all to taking death jabs, which, which, which you know, which can sterilize you or, 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 or maim you or kill you. And I was thinking, again, my journalist's nose tells me this is quite a big story, quite an important story, maybe one that we should be covering a bit, you know, in the newspapers and on TV. Zip, nada. They just went along with the with the government lie machine. They were bribed by governments. I mean, I'm sure it was the same in Australia. In the UK, newspapers were paid so much money by the government in the form of advertising that that they just became government propagandists. So that's a very long answer to a short question um, about my being a journalist. I don't call myself a journalist because I'm so disgusted with my former colleagues. 
I, I feel betrayed by them. Well, to be fair, uh, our Spectator Australia publication was publishing anti-narrative uh, stories from the very beginning from dissidents. We were on the side of freedom, and I must say, one of the only publications prepared to do so. But what are you going to do? Oh, you... Rowan has been heroic. <laughs> Ro I, look, I, don't get me wrong. I think the Spectator Australia, and I'm, I, 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 I'm specific here, the Spectator Australia has been the exception the rare exception. I mean, there's been a few other things. Sky News Australia, some programs there have been pretty good, but generally around the world, the media has failed us. I mean, the fact that you can cite the Spectre Australia as a, a shining beacon just shows how few other examples there are. There are none. I mean, they, the, the, the entire fourth estate has given up its job. Well, what are you going to do? The reason I, I mention this is, what are you going to do when the next uh, civilization centre doesn't have glass windows to chuck stones? And as we know, communist regimes and socialist regimes tend to build their windows out of steel, James. Well, I, I, don't, I don't think there's much difference between communist regimes and fascist regimes. They're all part of the same, the same problem, which is that, that the world has been run for decades, if not, not centuries, by what I call the predator class, this, this tiny, I, I hate to use the word elite because it, it sounds like they're special people. They're not, they're scum, they're reptiles, they're parasites. But these, these people um, have been ruling the world since time immemorial. And they use things like fascism and communism and socialism as a way of controlling us. I mean, the, the, the governments that we think we elect, I don't, I don't know whether, whether that is actually true or whether, whether even elections are, are essentially fake. But the illusion that we have that we live in democracies where we can vote in and out of power our, our governments. I mean, you get this in Australia. Um, it doesn't really matter who you vote for. You get the same uniparty, yes, whether we it's liberals or, or Labour. We have a They're shiny example of that this weekend where we just had the New South Wales election between a Labour party and a Labour light party. And congratulations, we've got a Labour party. No kidding. But I want to pin you down on this. <laughs> well very done. And this very interesting point I, I want to pin you there. Revolutions are yeah. easy to see when they take place in a town square, when you've got a guillotine, you know, and some peasants running around. But global revolutions are quite a bizarre thing to watch. And I'm not sure if we've ever seen a true global revolution before. There's no blood on the streets. There are no insufferable French peasants. But would you call what's happened to the West in the past few decades a revolution? And if so, who started it? Um, I'd say what's happened in the West in the well, yeah, in the West certainly in the last few decades is a coup. Um, I, I mean, uh, no, a continuation coup because I because I think that that over over a period of time, our freedoms have been taken away taken away from us by this predator class. But what you're talking about is what I would call the awakening. Um, what we we're in the middle of a war right now. Where World War Three started some time ago, and World War Three is an information war. It is about um, the the way that this the the predator class that I mentioned earlier, the way it controls us, is by deception. Because we are many, they are few. The only way these people can control us is by lying to us, 
deceiving us at every turn. So the, the Third World War we're fighting is an information war, where on the, on the one hand, you've got this tiny predator class, which is controlling the narrative through education, through the corrupt media system, through the entertainment industry, through, through politics. I mean, they've got all the citadels. They've captured all, all, all the, uh, um, the, 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 the seats of power, the, the, the way that the places from which you can disseminate information. But here we are, we the, we the people. We are, are gradually waking up to the fact that the stories we're being told by our media, by Hollywood, by the music industry are, are lies. They're, they're brainwashing, they're propaganda. And so what we're experiencing now and have been for the last few years, but I think it's accelerated in the last three years, is this awakening process whereby people are, are suddenly realizing, hang on a second. Uh, these governments do not represent me. Um, Hollywood is full of lies. Uh, TV is a brainwashing device. Uh, wait, I don't need this stuff. I can be free. I don't need to be told by these evil people what to do, how to run my life, because they're lying to me. And they, they, they do not have my best interests at heart. Well, you once in one of your podcasts said that revolutions put some of the worst people in power possible. And we don't even know who exactly yeah. wants to be king in this new reality. So that's a question that people actually need to start seeing who is actually trying to stage the revolution for power because we don't know. But I'd like to point out that what we're seeing is not so much of a coherent revolution as it is a mass invasion of collectivist ideologies. Some of them are racist Marxists, others are eco-worshipping fascists. I know it sounds a bit like a cliche, James, but it's very much like watching the smouldering city of Rome being inundated by every random barbarian horde all at the same time. Are conservatives wasting their time trying to find out uh, who is involved and a coherent way to label this movement? Or do we need to find the root cause of this uprising so that it can be dealt with properly? Um, it's interesting you cite Rome because I used to be, in the days when I would have called myself a conservative, I don't believe in left and right anymore. I, I think these terms are invented to, to divide us. It's basically them against us. And it's interesting. I used to think of, of the fall of Rome as, as, as a, uh, an obviously bad, bad thing. But actually, the Romans were part of the problem. I mean, the Romans were absolute bastards. They, they, they ruled the world with a, with a rod of iron. Come on, um, you can't ruin were, my metaphor now. That's not fair. <laughs> so I didn't, I didn't want to uh, ruin your me metaphor. I just wanted to sort of show... Uh, how much more complicated the the argument is in in my understanding of it since since my my moment, moment of awakening, um, and of course I've now gone and forgotten what your question is. We're, we're talking about that. Uh, Basically, it is this idea that we've got every random barbarian coming into uh, the city. Yeah, we're yeah. going to call it something other than Rome, so to keep you happy. So they're all running in. They're all these. Uh, collectivist ideologies that don't seem to have any overarching coherency. So I'm wondering, are we wasting our time trying oh. to work out who they are? Or is there a central being that we need to go and look at, a root cause of this problem? Oh, I see. Well, I, do you have Extinction Rebellion in Australia? Unfortunately, and, and Just yes. Stop Oil? We have all these kind of eco-Nazi groups. And then you've got the Black Lives Matter crowd, and you've got all these 
all these different activist groups which are funded by people like George Soros, who is part of this of this cabal, this the, the powers that be, this 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 controlling controlling class, this, this criminal controlling class. They fund these groups in order to create division and to focus our attention because while we're focused on on just stop oil or or, or looking at looking at Greta Thunberg, who is another, you know, she's she's another kind of propaganda tool. They're getting on with the business of taking away our freedoms um, and and increasing their their control over the world. Um, so, my view is that we shouldn't get too distracted by that. These these groups, they're not they're not the grassroots. They they are they are paid for, bought and paid for activist organizations i mean for example one of my things i i most like doing is 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 fox hunting now people people get angry about fox hunting because the animal rights movement has been very vocal but the animal rights movement is funded by by the, the billionaire class and again it is what the real everything has a, a, an ostensible purpose you know sort of the, the narrative for the norm is to persuade ordinary people that this is what's happening and then it has the underlying narrative so the, the normie narrative is yeah animal rights animals animals are special and you've got that idiot peter singer who says that 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 you know chimps are the same as humans uh so you get you get you get these sort of professors from academe spewing out this this poisonous divisive garbage um but the, the real purpose of this always um always is to create division within communities so the predator class funds funds extinction rebellion funds black lives matter funds funds animal rights organizations in order to divide communities you know divide the country community which actually relies on on things like like country sports for, for its survival and its sense of cohesion um uh in the cities black lives matter creates division on the streets but it is all funded by these elites we need to we need to stop being distracted by these fake grass, these, these fake movements which don't come from the grassroots, and concentrate on what makes us what we have in common. And what we have in common is that we want peace. We don't want war with Ukraine, which is which is only in the interests of you know the predator class. We don't want um, we don't want um, uh, restrictions on 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 livestock, for example. We don't want to be lectured on whether we can we can eat meat or not. Um, we don't want our our water supplies being poisoned. We don't want chemicals being sprayed on us from the skies. We want to be left alone to have our families to teach our children true things rather than false things. We want to be to be allowed to worship our God, who is the only God. Uh, we want to live a good Christian life uh, in, in peace and harmony. That's what most of us want, whether we know it or not. Well, I mean, I'm not saying everyone, every listener is going to be a Christian, but Christianity provides a pretty good model for what for where we, where we ought to be. Look, let us stick with your topic of foxes, because uh, I saw that you interviewed Lawrence Fox on your podcast very recently, and uh, he seemed to be falling down on the side of picking up a sword and wading into the culture wars and staging some kind of rebellion. Um, now, it's <laughs> what I would like to uh, wondering is, obviously, we have to somehow stop the rise of this workist culture and what is happening to our institutions and uh, how our society is currently shifting toward. But how do you do that without some kind of civil pushback? Is it even possible? 
no, I get as annoyed as the next person by the way that, I mean, you, you had that North Korean defector recently. So this girl who defected from North Korea, and you know the sort of things that go on in North Korea. She said that, and I believe her, that American camp, university campuses are more brainwashed, more woke than you'd find um, in, in, in North Korea, which is, which is pretty shocking. At the same time, here's the thing I've noticed, Alexandra. I started off by lamenting the betrayal of our trade by my, by my fellow journalists. And uh, I do make exceptions like Rowan Dean. I mean, Rowan's a hero, you know, uh, you know bit, another big up for the spectator of Australia. But generally, the people that I relied on to be with me in the foxhole, defending the line at Bastogne, you know, or, or in the trenches, uh, weren't going to run away, have shirked the, the main assault, instead gone for this, this culture war stuff. Oh, look, I'm, I'm, I'm fighting pronouns. I'm getting angry about pronouns. I'm getting angry about, about woke culture. Um, I'm getting angry about women, women pretending to be men. Sorry, men pretending to be women and, 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 and cleaning up at the, uh, in, in swimming and so on. And I agree. It's absolutely right that, that for example, um, women's sport groups ought to be saying, look, we can't have blokes turning up um, pretending to be girls and, and, and stealing all our girls' medal. It's just not fair. That's, that's fine. I'm, I'm absolutely up for that. But it seems to me that the culture wars are a distraction and designedly so by the predator class. They've, they, they do all this stuff to make us go, oh, look, I'm so angry about this. And while we're getting angry about this, we're ignoring the fact that on that wholesale, our freedoms are being taken away from us. We've got central bank digital currencies. You only, you only hear those being discussed in the alternative media, not in the mainstream media, not seriously. Um, you, don't, you don't see in the mainstream media discussion of... Um, the truth about the war with Ukraine, which is which was provoked by NATO, you don't hear that. Um, you don't hear about the war on farmers. You don't hear about things that matter. You, you you'll turn to a supposedly conservative newspaper and you'll get supposedly right wing columnists who did not say a word during the during, when our governments were were blackmailing us into taking uh, uh, um, death jabs. They were completely silent about that, but suddenly they get worked up about pronouns. Well, I'm not having it. No, the, the battle is bigger than that. Well, I'd like to go a little bit further down into the meat of this so-called cultural revolution that I see, although you may call it something else. And that is the misuse of the idea of conspiracy as a means to invalidate, silence and excommunicate anyone who has anything interesting to say or opposes the new worldview. Now, firstly, full disclosure, I am an old school science fiction writer and I have long been a fan of genuine madcaps conspiracy theories, not because I believe in them, but because I used to basically steal them as plot devices for my stories. Things like alien spaceships in Antarctica, loved them, great setting for a novel. But as I was growing up, conspiracy was a relatively harmless concept. It was either a bit of fun and the sort of thing your drunk hippie uncle would go on with at the local family get together, 
But uh, conspiracy today seems to have become a way to paint people's foreheads and basically shove them into an ideological prison. How did we get here where conspiracy has been weaponized? Well, I can tell you exactly how we got there. It was the CIA. Um, the after in the wake of because the, the first in most people's consciousness, the first big conspiracy theory thing was um, the assassination of JFK. I mean, there were there were early incidents. For, for example, the Titanic really didn't sink by didn't really sink by hitting an iceberg. It was an insurance job carried out by the same predator class that we've we've mentioned earlier. But I suppose that. The assassination of, of, of JFK, allegedly by a lone gunman called Lee Harvey Oswald, which is that just absolutely untrue. I mean, the, the, Kennedy was assassinated by um, a sort of, it was a group effort by, by the mafia, uh, by Lyndon, uh, Lyndon Johnson, who wanted his job, by the CIA, which was headed at the time, I think, by George H.W. Bush. Um, it was a, you know, it was, it was a, a team effort. It wasn't done by Lee Harvey Oswald. Well, when when journalists started investigating this, um, because there were so many, the, 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 there was so much evidence to suggest that it wasn't a lone gunman, the CIA tried to fight a to produce a counter narrative, and there was a there is a there is a, a briefing document which you can find on the in, internet, which was sent out by the CIA to all their station chiefs, and it says. How are we going to deal with this problem? What we're going to do is we're going to label it as conspiracy theory. And it's proved surprisingly effective. You, you, anyone in the mainstream media who uses that phrase conspiracy theory is automatically sending out a signal to, to normie readers. You don't need to look at this story. You don't need to examine these, these uh, interesting theories because they're just conspiracy theories and they're just invented by crazy people they have no basis in fact therefore you can just ignore them and that's how it works it's part of the deception the cia and uh, all, all the other three-letter agencies i mean you've got your equivalents in australia we've got we've got them in in, in the uk uh, are part almost the main part of their job is keeping people keeping ordinary people in the dark about what's really going on and conspiracy theory, that phrase has been very effective. Well, I've always uh, said that the dire state of our world is 70% down to idiot politicians, cock-ups, I believe you called them in an interview, 20% down to corporate interest and 10% bureaucrats with delusions of world domination. Am I wrong and is globalism all one big coordinated conspiracy or is this a perfect storm of yeah. individual failings that have led to a conspiracy looking event? I'd say you've got a way to go, um, Alexander. I don't, I don't mean to patronise you because I was the, I was the same three years ago. I totally subscribe to the, the, the what I, I, I would call the normie narrative, which is the narrative that we're fed in the, in the media. Um, it's the one that still most people believe. But I, I, I used to think that that maybe one of these crazy conspiracies out the theories out there was true maybe maybe it was the moon landings one you know maybe maybe or maybe it was jfk or maybe it was 9-11 but they couldn't all be true so i started looking into them and i was rather shocked actually because it, it's horrible realizing that the world is is completely unlike what the one you were taught to believe um and i looked at 
9-11, um, you know, planned by a man in a cave in Afghanistan. Yeah, right. And I looked at the moon landings and I looked at the evidence. And, and I have to say that um, I've come to the conclusion that almost everything we're told about the world um, is a lie. And the things that are most repeated to us and told most often in schools and so on are the biggest lies of all. The, the whole world is, a, is, is like a, it's like we're under a spell, under, a, under an evil spell. And people have been persuaded to believe one thing when the truth lies elsewhere. And it's, the truth is there for those who are willing to look for it. Can I put my position to you and see what you think about this? Now, there are definitely some lunatic conspiracy theories out there that are definitely not true. Not even the people who love conspiracies will put their names to it. Now, what I worry about as a writer, I wouldn't call myself a journalist, I was a writer first, is that when you've got this weaponization of conspiracy happening and you tell people that nothing is real and trust no one and people start to drift towards the genuinely absurd, not just what could be true, but what is definitely not true. And then I've been finding that this is actually damaging centralist politics or libertarian politics. So, for example, when you've got a very serious issue like what happened with the COVID vaccines, where you've had people who've been coerced into taking things that have killed them or injured them, and you're trying to get some kind of legal recourse for this, and you've got one of the main people who's involved in leading the charge against the, the vaccine, we'll call it uh, cooperation, for instance, and then they go and post something on their Twitter that basically says they subscribe to flat earth theory. That invalidates yeah. the rest of the work that they do. And so my problem is from right. now on, when you try and say, well, look at this work that someone's done and look how dangerous COVID vaccines are, you're then burdened with the, isn't that just the, the flat earth guy, for instance. And it makes it very difficult to get real mainstream movement against people who have committed genuine crimes against humanity it seems to make it more difficult rather than easier with this sub-narrative going yeah. on all the time. I, I get this, I hear, I hear this an awful lot from people who are sort of, as it were, halfway down the rabbit hole. And, and it's, kind of a, it's kind of a cope. You don't want to accept that the, the conspiracy can be as, as, as broad-reaching as, 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 as it actually is. I'm, I'm agnostic about flat earth. So I, I, I mean, people often bring up flat earth as, as, as kind of the killer example. I, all I know is that um, five years ago, I thought that all conspiracy theories were untrue. And what I find is that it's a mistake to rule out anything. I think our, our duty is to the truth, nothing else. I don't buy this idea that because something somebody thinks one thing, therefore it invalidates another. And I think this is particularly germane actually to the subject you mentioned, which is the, 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 the pandemic and the, the vaccine rollout. I see lots of people um, in the mainstream trying to make out that this was just an accident, that it was just like incompetent ministers um, cock-up theory, basically, that, this, that, that there was nothing malign about it. It was just idiots who overreacted to what potentially could have been a real problem and, and, and just got 
just got a bit authoritarian and fascistic, you know, like like Dan Andrews did in in um, Victoria, for example, and and um, that awful man in in um, Northern Territory, and you know, what is it, um, a, a few others, and and that, but these it was just kind of a few bad eggs overreacting, um, you know, putting their waggling their 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 testicles and getting getting overexcited. But that actually it was all a mistake and we're all lessons learned, and it, and it's just not true. That's a, it's a cop out. It's actually worse. It's almost worse than than than. Um, it's almost worse than denying there was any kind of problem because what you're doing is you're making excuses for for what was actually planned and deliberate. There was copious evidence to show that it is planned and deliberate. Deliberate, and whether the person who says it's planned and deliberate believes in flat Earth or, or not, the fact remains that it was planned and deliberate. They 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 road tested, they war gamed the the pandemic, and it was planned um, in 2019 at something called Event 201, which was which was coordinated by John Hopkins. John Hopkins has been funded to the tune of millions by. Bill Gates, Bill and Gates, Bill Gates's Bill and Gates Foundation uh, is in it up to the neck in this this scandal. The World Health Organization is corrupt. Big Pharma is corrupt. This was not some kind of cock up. This was deliberate. That there is stuff in in those vaccines which is making women sterile, which is causing people to have blood clots. Which is cool. I mean, I spoke to a guy who had to have his leg chopped or his leg amputated as a result of, of the AstraZeneca vaccine. This is not accidental. This is not cock up. This is real. And people need to stop engaging with these copes whereby they say, well, I'm not going to engage with that theory because somebody has said something funny about something else. It's not an argument. It's a cheat. It's a cop out. We've got to look at the truth in the face, however unpalatable it might be. Let me put it a different way. Um, and as an astronomer from a very young age, I'm kind of a little sad. But uh, what I was trying to get at is basically we have conspiracies that are, you know, neither here nor there. Like whether or not JFK was assassinated and who by, when it comes to Australian politics or UK politics, it's much of a muchness. But when you've got a global conspiracy that's allowed a dangerous product to market and allowed the coercion of a population to take it, that's a serious conspiracy that needs to be addressed. So I think my point was more to the effect of is engaging in lots of little conspiracies that have less um, impact on the more important narrative, is that taking away the general public who, let's face it, it's one thing to to get a few people on board with your way of thinking, but you do have to move the general public into the direction of finding some kind of change of government or some acknowledgement of what happened. And so my point with conspiracy, isn't it the left's point that you distract people with everything's a conspiracy so that you don't look at the dangerous conspiracies like global governance, which is a very dangerous conspiracy? Um, the point about the... Uh, look, I don't think that we should be appoint ourselves the arbiters of what is and isn't a meaningful conspiracy theory and what is and, and isn't a meaningful subject for people's investigation. Because, for example, um, let's talk about an even more trivial so-called conspiracy theory, the one to do with the Beatles, 
the you know the, the Paul McCartney died in 1966 and got replaced by another guy who's been impersonating him ever since, um, or, or 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 the the moon landings, let's say. Here you've got two things which are completely imprinted on the public consciousness. I mean, the the Beatles are the most famous band in history, aren't they? I think probably the Beatles and the Stones. Um, the moon landings is the thing that, apart from JFK, everyone can remember. The people, people bought televisions in order to be able to watch the moon landings on TV. So, so it's the kind of the dawn of the TV age coincides and, and everyone has a TV in their home now. Yes, I've actually been to a park so, to the wonderful telescope where Australia, the big radio telescope down there, which is an amazing sight for people of Australia because we actually, for once, got to play on the world stage in an important role. Usually we're forgotten and left on the sidelines. So it, you're right, it was a global well, event. If you, if, you believe, if you believe that, yeah. I mean, if you believe that, that I, I, I think that the entire moon landings narrative is a lie. I think lots of people were deceived into seeing something that they didn't actually see. Um, that, if you accept, and I and I think anyone who's done the research should accept, um, but you know, I, I make up your own mind. If you accept that the moon landings were faked and that the Beatles were essentially the creation of the Tavistock Institute, which was a which is a an institute which has constantly manipulated people's minds. I mean, that is its 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 purpose. It's it's designed to sort of shift public opinion by effectively brainwashing them in different ways. And, and the Beatles, just like the West Coast music scene in, in the US, they were all part of this movement to introduce sex and drugs drugs to, to our, our culture, to, to kind of undermine the family, undermine traditional values. Um, I think it's quite a big deal if, if, if something like that has happened. These are not trivial subjects. I mean, look, the... The entirety of the of the aware public, the, of the of the TV aware public. I mean, I'm not saying for sort of people. Kalahari Bushman will have been aware of it, but most people in the world will have been aware of the moon landings. If the moon landings were not real, if they were just a lie, you then have to ask yourself, well, what kind of world do we live in, where people can lie to us on this scale, and what is their motivation? Who are these people? Who's funding them? Why do they do it? These are important questions. So I don't think it's it's unrelated to things like pandemic. It's the same people involved, the same people who want to lie to us. As I said, I call them the predator class because they are few, we are many. The only way they can control us is by lying to us on an epic scale. And once you realize the epic scale of that lie, you are beginning to understand it, the true nature of the world. Well, you interviewed a magnificent friend of mine, Mark Stein, who noted that the sanest countries on earth, like Canada and New Zealand and Australia, turned out to be the nuttiest when it came to believing in things like COVID and climate propaganda. This is one of our final questions. And uh, do you despair that we live in a world where people like to be told what to do and what's true? And as a journalist, well, not a journalist, you, you say you're not, but as a writer, shall we say, and a commentator, how do you handle a situation where people enjoy being misled? It's, it's very, very depressing. Having spent the first, first half century in my, of my life believing that the West is best and believing that the English-speaking world is the best of the West and, and, and thinking, well, if it, all, if it all goes wrong, I can always 
move to Australia or, or New Zealand because they're never they're never going to get a fall. They're never going to fall for the stupidity, and and then they're, they're never going to go communist or fascist or whatever. And then I looked at what was happening in in Kiwiland um, under Jacinda Ardern and and in in huge swathes of Australia, particularly in Victoria, but as I say, also in Northern Territory and and, and to a degree in in Western Australia. I, I don't think any any I don't think any of Australia really covered itself in glory. And I'm thinking, well, hang on a second. I thought these guys were just like no nonsense. You know that they're, they're proud, independent people. This is the kind of the line we've always been sold. You know, crocodile Dundee and stuff. And I know it's not true because I went to when I when I visited Australia and I went into the cities. I realised how controlled it is by the by the left. Uh, you know, I went on John Fain's show on ABC. I mean, your ABC is actually worse than the BBC. To be fair, James, um, when I was but, growing up, we had a very wonderful and free country. We were pretty laid back. The kids used to run down the bush, and if they came back alive, well, that was considered to be a bonus. And you know, my grandfather was basically yeah. a, a skydiving paratrooper with a shotgun in the war. So we used to be quite cool, but uh, you're right. It's, it's yeah, all been yeah, downhill. Yeah, of, of course, of, of, of course. But... But it's all gone, isn't it? That's the problem. Uh, and it, it's, it's really shocking and depressing. And go back to your, your question. The reason that um, the Five Eyes nations, um, in the, five, the, the nations in the Five Eyes intelligence system, so America, Canada, Australia, um, UK, um, New Zealand, the the reason that, that they've been worse during the pandemic, which wasn't a pandemic, is that they were deliberately targeted. It was recognised by the the predator class that that we we had to be made an example of. You know, make an example of of Australia, make an example of of um, New Zealand, turn it into China, turn Canada into China under this. WEF stooge, you know, Justin Castro. Um, and that, that um, because they need to crush us first, because once they've crushed us, the rest of the world will follow. So, which is why we have a duty to resist harder, because the world depends on us. Well, look, thank you, James. It's been a pleasure to have you here on our show today. Where can we find you? Um, well, I'm... My main, my my day job now is I've got this this podcast, which, are, in all modesty, is kind of the best podcast in the world. Um, <laughs> you'll love it. It's it's really good. I'm I'm very proud of it. It's called the Delling Pod, which is D E L I N G P O D. I mean, it, I I talk about everything from health and eating because I mean that's a key part of. Of, of, of the the war being waged on us, the war on our health, the war on our food and stuff. I talk about yeah, I suppose what you what what the CIA would call conspiracy theories, but I talk about ideas. I talk about people who aren't afraid to speak their mind, and uh, you'll learn stuff, and it's entertaining. What we need is a world full of people who have interesting discussions away from government censorship, so that everyone can be both entertained and informed. So look, it's wonderful to have you with us today. And that is all from us here. I am Alexandra Marshall and we will catch you next week.